The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you always. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars, episode 83. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sentence was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a dead. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always. Hey everyone, I'm Mike Creevy, filling in for Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. And just a reminder, you can get your own official Secrets of Star Wars t-shirt, like I'm wearing right now, you can't see the recording here, but filling in for Father, I have my Father Fett on my shirt here so you can get yours or also coffee mugs stickers magnets uh, all this this merch that really encapsulates our philosophy of finding hope in a galaxy far far away Uh, everything's available in various styles and sizes and you can get your shirt at sqpn.com slash merch along with all that other great merch Uh, also don't forget we have a, a new way of joining the starquest fan club mailing list simply text starquest to 66866 Again, text StarQuest, that's all one word, to 66866. I don't know if we plan an Order 66 thing in there, whatever. But yeah, again, that's 66866. Just text StarQuest and you'll get uh, on that StarQuest fan club mailing list. Another reminder also, please be sure to share the podcast on Twitter or Facebook. Leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. It also helps to get us seen by more people who would be interested in listening to our show. And so diving right in today, we're discussing the 10th episode of The Bad Batch, entitled Common Ground. And joining me on the panel tonight are Angela Cialana. Hello, everyone. Hello, Angela. How's it going? It's going well. (laughs) Good, good. And uh, it's just Angela and me tonight, actually. (laughs) So that's a little surprise twist there. So, uh, um, but um, I want to start off with this, Angela. This, uh, you know, I I have in the notes here... (laughs) I don't know what we're calling this segment yet. We're going to give a pitch to everybody because as uh, listeners of the show know, the last few times I sort of um, sort of fell into something here uh, of of uh, ordering at various kiosks, coffee shops. For me, a lot of times it's the deli at our local grocery store and putting my name in the system as some sort of Star Wars character. Mm -hmm. And so we've had suggestions. I think Dom recommended he recommended the ham solo deli segment. Did you recommend order 67 up? No, I did not. Or were you just, okay. Oh, you know what it was? I think you were, I think Dom said order 66 up. And then I think you were like, that's the, the pro-lifer in me is yeah. like, <laughs> you know. a little like, maybe not. So uh, I do not so we're just, we're order 66. That. Yeah. It's like, I can't, uh, you know, in good conscience. And, and we're going to talk about conscience tonight too. A big one, a good, good segue. But uh, if you uh, like, uh, like, let me see here. We have uh, one of our listeners, Brandon, Brandon, if you're listening, wonderful uh, that you have taken this and now, you know, on into your own community. So Brandon sent us a picture of his, I don't know what it is. If it's some sort of iced drink, maybe from Starbucks here. And it says clearly on the side of it, Han Solo. Oh, it's an iced tea, kiwi, <laughs> iced twist. There's kiwi something, uh, the abbreviation. But now he, to be fair, has, has taken this way beyond me. Because like I've said before, when I order, they don't call it yeah. out. They just print the thing. But Brandon said that he actually got some laughs uh, when they had to actually call it out. So um, so if you guys want to you know, send in photos or send <laughs> stories of doing this, please do. And if you come up with a name for it, hopefully we can officially give this segment a, a, an official name so um but anyway just wanted to share that yeah so fun so bringing uh, joy to did you have a, did, did you have a chance to do that at all i <laughs> know I, I really have not been ordering that much out but i okay. i have a feeling that next time i do i will have some fun with this so yeah i can't i can't resist because i like i want to go for really some of those deep characters like your dengar or, you know i don't know just like I, I, you know, and if they do, I want to, I actually do want to order coffee and specifically say my name is Forlom. I don't think they'll do it. I don't think they'll say that or Zuckus, you know, these, 
bounty hunters. Um, anyway, they might. We'll see. Might catch a fan, a fan of the show. <laughs> so, um, well, before we jump into the episode here, just very quickly, we do have a little bit of news as we eagerly await. All of us eagerly await uh, Book of Boba Fett, Kenobi series, Andor series, Mandalorian season three. Uh, we did get word the other day um, and got a. I think it was about a three minute little clip kind of a not so much a trailer as much as an overview but the star wars visions series yes. uh so this is and this is, let me just share real quick the little description from the this is from starwars.com's like press release here this is an anime uh based sort of you know different kinds of uh styles of japanese animation because there's a lot of different ones with this uh where it says anime and the star wars galaxy are finally coming together Star Wars Visions, a new anthology of animated shorts celebrating Star Wars through the lens of some of the world's best anime creators, is coming to Disney+. And they uh, say that the panel that they were talking to showed concept art, revealed the studios and creators behind several shorts, and offered plot details for the diverse and creative stories on the way. And they list 20 things we learned. But uh, first of all, what do you think about this, Angela? How do you oh my feel gosh. about this? I'm, you know, I really have not um d- dived into uh is that is that proper grammar <laughs> um I don't into know. anime don't much um i Same. you know i actually have japanese uh relatives <laughs> believe it or not oh, okay um but i yeah i i've never really gotten into it um but i definitely appreciate the um the craft and the all yeah. of the culture and uh, just the awesome art that is anime and so i'm you know watching this trailer or you know uh, whatever they call it um i was very excited very um eager for the new stories as well from this unique perspective Mm. because a lot of the filmmakers who were uh interviewed in this sort of sizzle reel i guess were talking about um how much they love star wars and how they were bringing the japanese cultural you know aspects into star wars and um just seeing kind of like those very classic you know um types of characters that you see in the japanese movies you know we were seeing some of that right, right, right. on the in the sketches and and the artwork that was was kind of being shown so um yeah, yeah. i'm definitely looking forward to that yeah, it's really cool, too. I mean, and I read through some of the descriptions and stuff. I won't do that here, but just, you know, it's coming out September 22nd. So that's not too far after the conclusion of Bad Batch. And this definitely I think it's eight. Yeah, eight total standalone. So if they do one a week, you know, they're, I think they're really good at this rollout of, of they give us little breaks to kind of digest stuff. But then it's not too long that we have to wait before the next thing. And I guess the next thing after that would be Book of Boba Fett, it looks like. So, um. Um, yeah, so it looks pretty cool. And one of them was neat because she said about the, like the Japanese iconography was the phrase they were using and just how in that particular one, that artist was talking about that was very interesting for her, I guess, and she herself is Japanese to be able to kind of almost reverse engineer some of Lucas's influences for Mm -hmm. the original Star Wars with Kurosawa films, obviously, Mm -hmm. which we know, but she said to, to, to like bring it home in a sense almost, which just seemed kind of a cool a cool thing to be influenced by Star Wars, which was influenced yeah. you know, by certain, you know, cultural you know, stuff from her own culture. So that was kind of neat. So, uh, yeah, well, so we eagerly anticipate that for sure. So Star Wars visions come in this September. Um, so let's go ahead and just jump right in now to episode 10 now of uh, Bad Batch, which is, of course, our main event tonight. So um, let me just ask you, Angel, what were your initial impressions of this episode? Well, you know, at the beginning, I was coming off of that high intensity, high drama, right? Little um, story arc that we had with Omega, you know, and her being kidnapped and bounty hunters fighting over her and just the kind of the danger that she's been in. And so um, when, you know, when she's being left behind in this episode, I was sort of nervous, but it ended up being a, an interesting episode. Um, I was relieved by the end of it, you know, that they don't have a debt anymore, that we can kind of see them go beyond Sid's parlor, right. And, and get into kind of the really deep nitty gritty stuff when it comes to who are they, you know, who's Omega 
and what is their future. So um, I just I like how it all kind of um, sort of got tied up in a nice bow in a way, you know, this sort of branch off of the the story. And I feel like we're ready to get into some really exciting things. Yeah, absolutely. I and I, I liked that the you know like the Sid and um, Omega arc didn't really dominate. Obviously, it was definitely sort of the secondary you know aspect of it, but it was important to the plot. You know, certainly uh, as as you were mentioning. Uh, and I did have one bullet point I put down, or that I put down rather, as far as something I'm sure we'll get to here in a little bit. But I I do know I haven't read a lot about this, but I've I've gotten the impression from just some of the research to prep for this episode that I think. I think a lot of people seem to be at least at one point or another questioning a little bit what I myself was about maybe how well did they or how how comprehensively did they achieve the official description of the episode, which is the batch has their ideology challenged because mm. I'm not, you know, well, we'll get into this. You know, the, I think they definitely they had a challenge, but I think some people might have interpreted that as, you know, it's it's really shaken up or and i don't really think we quite went that far with it but i i i think my takeaway overall was just being put in the situation where they have to kind of work alongside someone who represents their most recent enemy mm-hmm. you know would be challenging for anybody of course you know so um so let i'll tell you what why don't we um we'll dive in here a little bit to just the overall kind of you know synopsis or just the plot summary little yeah. and kind of unpack stuff and um so uh, this is and the bulk of the summary I, I pulled from good old Wikipedia here. So they got a good summary over there. But we catch up at the beginning of this episode with a um, situation on Raxus Secundus, which, of course, is the former capital of the Confederacy of Independent Systems or the uh, Separatists. And so, you know, we see these Imperials, this uh, Imperial representative, Captain Bragg, is there who's uh, overseeing this occupation, basically, uh, now of Raxus. And um, we get the sort of little uh, implication here that the Senate has basically been arrested or gotten rid of otherwise. And there's this representative of the Senate who's still there by the name of Avi Singh, voiced, by the way, our Secrets of Star Trek fans will be happy to hear, by Star Trek veteran Alexander Siddig, who, by the way, also played uh, the Archangel Gabriel in the Nativity Story, 2006. Oh, That's, wow. I think, where I That's a deep cut. <laughs> know him best from, actually. <laughs> I, I like him in that. But, you know, I got to give him a shout out because I really got goosebumps when he was delivering the speech at the beginning of the episode, um, you know, speaking out against the Empire. I, I actually literally got goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because it's I like it's a recurring thing with his character. And I feel like I want to incorporate it more into my spiritual life where I actually talk to myself out loud and correct myself because <laughs> like, he's standing there and, and Captain Bragg's talking him up. She says, you know, here, you know, your senator is going to tell you how great the empire is basically. And, and he's like kind of mumbling to his droid, uh, um, GS eight mm-hmm. voiced by uh, Sean Clifford, actress, uh, English actress. And, um, which by the way, I think she, she's a friend of, um, Oh my gosh, I just lost her name. Phoebe. Oh, man. Oh, right. I just lost her yeah. name. Who did the voice of uh, L3 in yeah. Solo. Phoebe Waller. Waller. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Waller-Bridge. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, that's it. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. So I guess they're friends. So that's kind of a fun, you know, connection in Star Wars. But he's just he's going up to talk to the crowd and he tells his uh, his uh, protocol droid basically that if he can't uh, he's, he's kind of saying he can't go through with this. And he says to carry out his instructions. So the that was really a powerful scene because he starts off like this is going to be great for you know society and everything but then he just says like no this is wrong i can't do mm-hmm. this and it's just kind of um it's i know what you mean like the goosebumps like you know what about it in particular though do you like struck you it was just like what he said or just the i think it imagining was, being in that kind of intense yeah, moment it was the whole you know it's exactly what you were saying mike that you know the the humility and the um just the the uh, conviction that it requires for someone to start to do what is comfortable and what will be easy for them you know just kind of p- slide through this challenge and then realizing you know what i really shouldn't do this and actually changing their mind in the middle of you know doing that i mean how many people 
are practicing that today. You know, I mean, that is really admirable. So just all of that, you know, and, and also, I mean, we get set up, you know, in this episode, it's really starts off with this beautiful establishing shot of Raxus, the Capitol building. Um, And you get a sense of the, already the immensity of the situation because yeah, as you're saying, Raxus was a capital city of the separatists. And we were actually, we have experience from the clone wars, right. Uh, on Raxus right. as Is that well. Where the Bonteris were there, yes. right. Were they on Raxus? Yeah. yeah right. And so, right. and, and I think it was Padme was trying to, um, um, have some kind of peace between the Confederacy of the separatists and the Republic. But and so that grand scope and then here's the senator coming out and all the people are there and there's, you know, the the imperial troops are there. So all of that set up with this moment. I mean, it it goes by pretty fast, relatively speaking, in the whole, you know, scope of the episode. But to feel that, I think um, it was really effective. And so it, it did have that physical response um, for me. Well, yeah, and, and and just the fact that it is, you know, this is the heart and soul, you know, geographically, you know, of that that whole resistance force basically through all of of you know the Clone Wars. We didn't really see it too, or we didn't see too much in the films. I mean, like in in Revenge of the Sith, but you know, the Clone Wars really fleshed that out, and and to be like just bam, here we are, and oh look, you know the. <laughs> capital of the big you know thousands of systems united against the republic is just just like everybody else now right (laughs) completely under the thumb and um and so he's of course arrested and uh his protocol droid just sort of shuffles (laughs) off and and she contacts uh sid who then of course um we see our we catch up with the bad batch of course and like angela was mentioning just coming off this arc recently with rescuing um omega from these bounty hunters you know and what was in was interesting to me was remember when we last saw her she was so kind of emotionally fragile obviously yeah. and, and the real connection between her and hunter and the the premium placed on her safety and then you know she's kind of peaceful she's up on wrecker's shoulder by the way i wrote down my fun new like entry into if i ever want to enter into a new zealand accent my new sort of catchphrase when he asks her how the Mantel Max mm-hmm. is, and she says better than ever, but she says it, and I wrote it down, bitter than Eva. Yeah. And I've just been repeating That's that all fantastic. week. I'm like, what a great. I loved <laughs> that too. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so of course they go in and um, to the, to the bar and right after Hunter has said, we got to lay low, you know, for the kid's safety a little bit. Of course, the moment they walk in, no sooner are they through the door, then they get a new mission. So anything from this scene really jump out at you or, um, well, I just like Sid too. Yeah, Sid, you know, I, I love how she has these <laughs> nicknames for each one of the squad <laughs> members, goggles for tech, uh, bandana for Hunter. And then later she calls him dark and broody. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. I don't know. Was that the first time she called him bandana? I, you know, I, I think she had the nicknames. Okay. A- a few like right at the beginning when we just met her okay um but for some reason they just really stood out i don't know if it was the delivery of uh the wonderful voice (laughs) actor but um and then you know she also ends up calling omega tiny so um you know i i love that but um you know i thought it was interesting just how hunter is i mean i think he's really entrenched in the father role at this point you know, I mean, he, yeah. he, even later on, we'll see that he's like, okay, uh, you and Omega or me and Omega will, will, will kind of, we'll go this way for the mission. Oh, and yeah. it's like, oh, that's impossible. Cause she's not with us. He's so, he's so, um, he has her in his mind and heart, I think very much at this point. Um, and he's really grown very attached to her, um, so she's she's definitely part of the gang, even though they're not allowing her, obviously, to go on this mission. Um, so for me, that really rung true here. Yeah, no, and I'm, yeah, it, it was funny because I think, you know, there's been this whole thing about how they're, you know, they're clones. And so they have this sort of identi- identical kind of, you know, connection. But 
as we've been saying over and over again, every time I think every time our panel talks about anything with the Clone Wars or this, it's like this whole recurring theme of like you're more than that. Like there's just this always in the in the background mystery of of the individual soul and everything or whatever they would call it in Star Wars. But um, how it's it definitely the dynamic has definitely become more like Hunter as this father figure, and then the other guys are like the fun uncles, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and even, I don't know if we talked about it before, I, actually I don't remember if I was on that episode, but I loved when, a couple episodes back, when she's with Tech up on the bridge, you know, she's like, what were the Clone Wars like? <laughs> you know, like, it was a primary objective, for, you know, it was complete, just, like, robot answer, yeah. you know, she's like, but what were they like? He's like I just told you. <laughs> but just, there's like, it's funny, but it's like, clearly, like, they're not, she and Tech aren't really gonna go probably a whole lot deeper. Right, that's true. You know? Just like how in your own family, like there's people that you love and you mm-hmm. give everything for, but there's a certain like, this is kind of where you're at and that's where they're at. You know? Right. So, um, but, um, so they, yeah, they, they take up the mission here. And of course, uh, as we mentioned, they leave Omega there and she's not happy about that. Um, Hunter tells her that they need her to stay there to stay safe. Um, he doesn't want her to stay. He doesn't want to do the job at all first. I should mention that. And he agrees to leave her there, even though he, he doesn't trust Sid. You know, and I like that, too, that he's I just like the honesty right. of it. Like, he's just flat out like, I don't trust you either. <laughs> so um, so they start to head out uh, to Raxus. And was there anything about this sort of chat before they arrive there? You know, is there oh, yeah. moving into this this area? Anything really jump out at you well, there? Poor Echo. Right. I mean, because he was a separatist prisoner um, and that's how he ended up with being a cyborg, you know, um, and that totally yeah. changed his life. And so, yeah, he is the most hesitant of them all. And he's constantly, you know, I love that it's, it's, it's humorous, but when he's like, you know, I can't believe we're doing this, you know, we're, we're helping a separatist and tech is like, yeah, you've, you've said that repeatedly, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> okay, I get it. But I, I don't blame him. I mean, gosh, if I if I were in that situation, I would be so hesitant to go back into, you know, separatist um, camp. And um, so uh, I, I noticed that, um, you know, he brought it up continuously, pretty much almost, I guess, halfway through the episode. He's he's expressing his concern. He's like, this is a trap. You're setting us up. Um, you know, tech is just again, very logical, like, okay, it doesn't matter. It's not relevant that they're separatists. We're just doing a job. And Echo is very um, emotionally, uh, again, with the emotional, um, the, I guess, the the influence of our emotions in our decisions, right? Um, and, and how we act. Uh, I don't know if, you know, going back to what you're saying about ide- their ideology is challenged or um, what, whatever the summary was, but yeah, I think, you know, yeah, cause that was the official yeah, yeah, tagline for yeah, it. Yeah. Maybe it's not ideology per se, but it is, I guess what we, that is what we could relate to. I think in today's world, right. Um, that a lot of us nowadays are having, ideologies challenged <laughs> and we have to find common ground with someone. So maybe we're not in a war and we're not, you know, POWs and turn into cyborgs, but we can relate to having our ideology challenged. And so, um, right, right. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like, you know, I, I, you make a really, a couple of really great points there. And I, I think it's, it's one thing where your proximity, like it's, you know, your personality, first of all, but also your proximity to the situation. And I, I use this analogy very cautiously but it shows up a lot clearly in the background of some of the influences of star wars when it comes to some of those representations of of evil i mean even down to some of the imperial uniforms that have certain elements of you know nazi uniforms certain elements of you know japanese imperial uniforms world war ii like there's it's that's there because of the time it came out you know but i imagine you know you would have a very pop you'd probably have a much more difficult time getting someone who had survived like a, a, a concentration camp in World War II where they were being experimented mm-hmm. on, you know, which would be your your echo analogy, maybe, 
than someone who had been a, a combatant who maybe even lost friends and stuff like that to this enemy force where that's you know not making light of that. But I, I just feel like that's probably got to be a much different <laughs> scale, yeah. you know, I mean, especially with Echo, uh, you know, as tech. So <laughs> ungraciously put it in the first episode, <laughs> you're now more machine than man yeah. <laughs> in a manner of speaking. <laughs> you know, thanks, tech. Um, but by the way, I just laugh every time tech talks. I'm like. <laughs> I, f- I think every group has that guy, yeah. right? Sometimes yeah, I'm I that guy, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I always tease, I won't say his name, just because if he's listening, I love him dearly. He's a, he's, a, he's been a friend my whole life. But when we were in um, high school, we got to tour this this Navy shipyard, and they had a... Um, uh, aircraft carrier you know like all the aircraft car- uh, carriers are out there and they were telling us a little bit about some of the specs on them and, and the speeds they can go like the stuff they're allowed to tell you of course there's you know deeper stuff but um and i just in a complete obvious rhetorical expression of wonder and awe with no desire whatsoever to actually have my question answered i just said and how do you get a ship that big to go that fast <laughs> You know, because that's amazing. <laughs> and he's my friend. My friend spins around. He's just like tech. He spins around. He looks at me he's like uh, nuclear powered jet engines, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, ah, that's not, uh, yeah, I, I know. I know. So tech. <laughs> so we, of course, now uh, they do land, of course. And as soon as they get off, I love GS8, the, the droid. I love her. Uh, her tenacity here, just her, I don't know if that's the word, but her, her real go-getter, like she's right where she's supposed to be, yeah. you know, no beating around the bush. And she pops right out, tells them she's ready to lead them. She likes them because they're ready to go. She tries to give the story and I forget what, what do they basically say? They're just like, we don't care. Just take yeah. us to your, <laughs> so, uh, they, so they head into town and, um, there's a lot of, you know, um, just, just real kind of, um, What's I'm looking for? Well, sneaking around, basically trying to avoid surveillance as best they can. Was there anything in particular that you got a kick out of or liked or just, <laughs> you know, uh, enjoyed as they were going through that phase? Well, it's the, you know, the 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 mindless, you know, protocol droid. Well, you know, clumsy and just like th- just throw them into the middle of the action and see what happens. That whole tactic. So that that's always fun. What they say to her, too, is something like like she she was. She said something like she doesn't have any like training for strategy, programming for tactics, tactics yeah. or whatever. And they said something like we're, we're counting, counting on, on it. it. Like, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always fun. I love the whole like as a former military guy myself, I'm just like, how many like who is in charge <laughs> of teaching the stormtroopers to not both leave? <laughs> exactly. You know, <laughs> like you have two guys guarding a door. There's a distraction right around the corner. Hey, let's both run away from the door and both get knocked out. Like, yeah, clearly oh. it's just a protocol <laughs> droid, right? Like, it's it's not. It doesn't have huge guns attached to it. So, how much of a threat is it really? Yeah. <laughs> well, it made me wonder how far are we right now in our recruiting right. stormtroopers rather than yeah. engineered clone trooper? Because that's more like that's more like dumb bumbling stormtrooper <laughs> behavior than <laughs> elite clone troopers. But, um. So they work their way into the facility. There's a couple of fun moments with with GS8 there, of course. And then while that's going on, we jump back to SIDS. So uh, I I don't know if you had a favorite part about this scene or not, but I really just liked, like, so our daughter Noelle's four, and um, emotion regulation (laughs) is a challenge. Of course, because it's a you know based on personalities too, and and so I just love Sid is just so not meant for yeah. this right like and so that was a big thing i just kept laughing about she's just like you know tiny you know what's going on like why aren't you scrubbing you know and omega's just sitting there brooding yeah. and you know and uh so i i particularly really loved about this scene and then i'll just kick it over to you too just to see what you thought as far as like sid like it's not like i think it would be un um what's i'm looking for I, I think it would be a mistake to have sid like through this episode like become all of a sudden like this tender loving mother right. like she, sid is sid at the mm, end of the episode yeah. but I, I i really got a kick out of these guys um what are their names the the weak way and the, the thorian dude that are like apparently have nothing better to do than just hang out at sid's <laughs> yeah. all the time but i love that look they gave her right like when she like she's not being so nice to omega and omega storms off upset you know because sid called her helpless 
you know and then they're just staring at her like just shaking their heads <laughs> like like come on you know and how like they've already connected with her i thought that was so yeah. cute yeah and you know to omega's credit she i mean she it's interesting because she is a little girl you know but she's also got a maturity to her um that is beyond her years and she um she does rise to the challenge you know she she rises to the occasion um she's got to feel what she feels and i think these are good um teaching moments and learning moments that ultimately will come to fruition um later on in her story arc and her character development um so you know cuz she she seems to be a quick learner but you know they've got to keep her in you know that that little girl world you know uh, emotional world still um so yeah i do like how they handled that and and how um she you know we see how she is a strategist she's a dejark pro <laughs> and that yes. is very boba fett <laughs> right that's very um it's very fett like so that was cool to see well and i i mean the inevitable because it's just i, I feel like they would have a mob on their hands at Lucasfilm if they didn't have some kind of Boba Fett Omega connection in the actual show, you know, with, with them meeting up at some point. I don't know. There's going to be some connection, <laughs> but, um, but that's, and we'll come back to that Jared game in just a second. Cause that's so awesome. But I love how, um, you know, when we get to that, um, uh, what's it called? The scene and you I think you mentioned this a little bit, you know, they kind of go this, this back and forth as they're trying to infiltrate the, uh, this, this palace mm -hmm. area. And, um, that was, I don't know why that really affected, I don't know if it affected me because it's not like I paused it and I went and cried for an hour. <laughs> um, Hey, it could happen, but, but when Hunter and tech are in that hallway, you know, and just Hunter so very just in the zone mm -hmm. is like, you know, you, you take Omega and you guys go around and, and, you know, and, you know, tech with, of course, his style like that uh, would be impossible seeing as she's not, here, you know, <laughs> but that was like, I don't know. I just I thought that was a really special moment Yeah, as short as that was. Yeah, they're doing a good job of really using the time, you know, these small moments uh, to to reveal what's going on interiorly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was so great. Um, and I love, of course, GS8 narrowly saves that. That vase from falling over. <laughs> it's a vase, I think. Because yeah. But um and she says, What did he what did she say he won he won it for? That was it was a relic gifted to Senator Singh for his years of service. You know, Hunter's like rolling his eyes. <laughs> you know, because it doesn't matter if you're in a battle. I, I love the the nature of protocol droids, because even like three PO, right? You know, yeah. we'll do all of these things and get roped up in it, but that idea of like the personality is still there. Mm -hmm. Like there is some mm -hmm. I hesitate to say programming because that's a whole big thing, but truly like it's hey, they're droids it's they're in programmed. there that's yeah. right you know like it doesn't matter we're having a battle protocol is important <laughs> you know we have to save this face. <laughs> so um so yeah so back to the and then back to sids again because this is where we picked up with the with the dejaric revelation mm -hmm. here what i love about and i'm not going to read all this but what i love about um wikipedia's breakdown of this is they actually specifically go through each of the moves Wow, with the different species. See, I had being no idea that 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 there were all the rules for Dejark were fleshed out. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, it's it's when we see them on the on the on the Falcon, you know, it's it's a little harder to maybe glean what some of that strategy really is. Yeah. <laughs> but that was kind of, I mean, now we've seen her shoot. Like, because obviously the big discussion about Omega is like, even though we now know more about little more about what her background or how she's different mm -hmm. still she's i mean she seems to be counted though in the discussion of you know enhanced clones because i mean they said that with um what was his name the, the other admiral um right starts with an r and i'm forgetting it now but what you know tarkin's dude that's there but they're talking about when tarkin was at the camino facility the five enhanced clones and we assumed that was including echo but it's like no he's not you know so she's she's counted as like the the fifth enhanced clone but what do you think about i'm just curious maybe we can pause here mm -hmm. on this because do you think she's 
like is that just the the de-aging that isn't done with her like she's mm. like boba fett because she's unaltered but but apparently she is somehow so i, I don't know what do you think about well, that they said she has pure first generation dna right and and right. so um does that make her exactly like boba um i don't know so i don't know because i in the movie this is why we need father because no one knows Attack of the Clones. But that, I think in the movie they just said that, you know, in when Django, you know, in, it was something like in addition to his, his substantial mm-hmm. fee, the only other stipulation he had was he wanted a, an unaltered right. clone, you know, to raise. But I, I don't know, has it ever been, is that the first one off the line or is he just, you know, I don't know if that matters or, or mm-hmm. you know. There were other clones made first, but but he's he's of the age of that first batch mm-hmm. or whatever that first generation. So um, we're not entirely sure what the age difference would be between you know Boba and Omega, but I don't think it's a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, they're probably pretty close, right? But I mean, is Boba Fett is he enhanced? I mean, he's yeah. I don't know. That's one of those know. little <laughs> nuanced things that well, I guess we'll probably find out more later on as as the Fett. Um, characters continue to <laughs> develop because that's that's like it's interesting because they called him Alpha, right? Right, you know, and, and they don't know where he is because he's off the grid or whatever. And she's you know he's Alpha, she's mm-hmm. Omega, you know. Um, they're definitely, I would assume, are, are some some connections here because like you said he's like he's good with strategy, he's a good shot, all those kinds of things, you know. But um. As far as like the other skills, like does he have those other skills? Like is he good at like as like hunter with tracking? I mean, it seems like mm-hmm. it, but, but is that just part of strategy? You know, I I don't know. He's he's uh, not as strong as Wrecker, but you know, he holds his own. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So we of course get uh, Omega at this point, also demonstrating her. Um, I don't know her, her sort of Vegas skills or something. I don't know what, or maybe not Vegas, but like you know, she could probably. <laughs> haggle really well right you know for a yeah. a car or something i don't know so she's she's going for a 60 percent cut you know when sid tried to go for 30 and so she's she's good yeah so we we cut away go back to the big rescue of senator singh from captain bragg when she's trying to bring out the interrogation droid my only criticism of that scene was i was like i think wine bottles should look different <laughs> i know that's really like but I, that's that scene for the first 10 seconds. All I could think of was I was like, that's it's just it's just a regular wine right. bottle. Like, <laughs> but, you know, I think that's fitting for the Empire because the Empire is kind of like old school. Right. Like you were saying, that's it true. harkens back to those specific um, ideas of, you know, imp- imperial um, bullies, you know, essentially. And so to kind of get that um iconography you know or that whole aesthetic you know that goes with it whereas there you know the the republic is more like progressive and forward thinking and futuristic right and futuristic stuff. right so yeah i mean you get kind of like the beaten around the edges but you also get some futuristic looking things with them so yeah that's i just totally got the image now in my mind of like you know like the nazis roll into some little French village and they're roughing people up and they're taking the wine out, right. from, you know, because it's, I don't think she brought that wine with her. <laughs> I think that's, 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 that's some that's of the senator's wine. Cellar, yeah. you know? <laughs> right. oh, by the way, I love his digital monocle. Oh my gosh. Isn't that wonderful? How does that even like, work? You love Space monocles. I know. <laughs> and, and I think like Angela and I are both thinking probably as glasses wearers here. I'm like, I don't mind mine. But they could be like floating. <laughs> just float in front of your and face perfectly. Yeah, and they shut off at night. They just, you know, whatever. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, anyway, they break the senator out. Um, they see an approaching uh, ATTE walker, and Hunter's thinking they can blow their way out of there. So they do a cool cable trick down to it. Um, and I love, you know, Wrecker there, just kind of like, like, uh, you know, because the senator's like, you can't expect me to do that. And he's like, uh, you know, takes him with him. And, and they don't get real far before another walker rounds the corner. Uh, knocks out um, their what is it? Their rear axial stabilizer, which of course Tech says he has to recalibrate manually because that always something like that always happens. But um, this is something I wanted to throw out to you here too. Is um, this was about the point in the episode when I noticed as they're all kind of providing cover fire while he does those repairs. Um, 
they're exclusively stunning yeah. the other troopers. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you what you think about that, because that's, I, I don't, were they doing that before? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't remember. I think I would have remembered that um, because once you see so much fire happening and it's all those stun circles, it's like it really hits you. Um, so I don't remember that sound hitting me so much in the in the past episodes. Um, and what you know, yeah, I was wondering why they were doing that. Um, could it possibly be because, you know, they they kind of look at it as, hey, we're doing this job. We don't want to, um, you know, we don't want Sid to, you know, have to pay for anything else. You know what I'm saying? Like get having true, tracking yeah. down to her, you know, if they could eventually track it back to her that, you know, so many uh, Imperial forces had been killed by her, you know, cl- her um, employees or whatever uh, contract workers. So um, I, I wonder if that's it, but I don't know. Uh, did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I, you know, I was wondering too, like I, I was just jotting notes. I said, are they, is it a hesitation, you know, to kill Clones. other, you know, brothers mm-hmm. per se, you know, but, but I was trying to remember back. Cause I was like, when's, I would want to go back and see like when they were escaping, right. uh, after like, like with uh cut and his family and stuff. And were they stunning or shooting back? I think I thought they were shooting back. I know they were shooting back at the, at Camino, like the droid police and stuff, which whatever, but yeah, Camino. Um, and I mean, the other clone troopers are not, you know, the stormtroopers, wherever we're at with them, uh, they're not shooting stun, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I, yeah, I don't know. That just, that was something that was interesting to me. It made sense at first. I thought when they were inside just a little bit, cause I, it could be, I don't know if it's like a silencer type thing. Like, you know, maybe it's indistinguishable, but maybe in, in universe, maybe it's quieter, you know, but once you're out running around and they're trying to, blast you and the you know yeah the, like the, the if, other walkers if you're actually at you it's like injured then you might like cry out and then you know as you're going down versus if you're stunned then you just kind of flop on well, the floor and especially now that we've established well into this series that like the imperials are long since done trying to capture the bad batch mm. pretty much you know we 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 ran that course and now I think they, they want to take them out. Um, at least that's my understanding of it. You know, maybe they still want to experiment, but I think they just want to get Omega because they think they can handle her better. But, um, but whatever the case is, they get back in, um, get things back up and running. And, uh, Senator Singh, here comes another, our trust theme again, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, he tells him to turn down this alley and it's, it's a dead end. I think it's echo who, who points that out. um, and he says, trust me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they get down there and they get close to the wall and kind of get the hatch open. Um, and he has, uh, asks them to blow a hole in the wall uh, that then has some some subterranean tunnels and stuff. They can sneak out while the other people are kind of crowding up on the outside around the walker. And of course, by the time they get into the walker, the troops discover that uh, our heroes and the fugitive senator are officially escaped and they're working their way back to his ship. Um, which, by the way, or their ship, rather, I don't think I knew that their ship's called the Havoc Marauder. Yeah, I don't. Which is I pretty don't know cool. If it's been, <laughs> I, I think they've said the Marauder in, in the past. Like okay. when Hunter said, like, get back to the Marauder, but I don't think he's actually said the okay. full name. So the full yeah. title. That's pretty. It's kind of cool. I don't have any more shelf space in here, but that might be a, <laughs> a Lego edition at some point. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see. So, um, and then. The uh, the sort of as far as the synopsis, and then we can just kind of wrap up with some different themes and stuff, because there's one I wanted to mention in particular. But, you know, they uh, right before they get back on their ship, we see another one of these Senator Singh moments, right? Of just what am I doing? You know, having his his monologue sort of just processing it. And it's, of course, Echo who points out to him uh, and encourages him to live to fight another day. Yeah. Um, So what did you think about that? I mean, is that. Do you think like a, as, I mean, it is all we got in that episode, but just some sort of evidence that echoes at least this time you know, was able to work through some of this. Cause I mean, it wasn't Senator Singh who was experimenting on, right. him, you know? Yeah. You know, the title of the episode common ground, I think there's so many different 
meanings to it, this being one of them, you know, obviously they have a common enemy, but I think even greater than that, um, they are both fighters. You know, Senator Singh is a warrior in, in a certain sense, you know, the political sense. And, um, and, and CF-99 also is, you know, they're warriors. And so they have this common ground, this common sort of sense of mission that they, in this moment, I think they realize that, you know, um, the way that Echo puts it, uh, I think is what convinces Senator Singh to really, you know, say, you know what? Yeah, I'm in this fight. I've got to keep fighting for my people. And, um, and so, yeah, I think that that was definitely another, again, touching moment, um, just to, um, I guess for me right now, um, the way that the world has been lately, it, it's great to see at least, yes, an animated form, but still like a politician really saying like, oh, I've got to be with my people. What are, you know, like really having mm-hmm. a, a moment of conscience, um, you know, in, in his, in his desire to do what's best for the people. I think that was awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, couldn't agree more. Yeah. And then, so of course they, they load up, they head back to Ord Mantel. Um, and as they land, <laughs> I, I don't have the line here, but it was just so funny. Like I, I, it, to me, it's, it's like the, it's a bit of a stretch. It's almost like the, the kind of 90s sitcom, like the boy meets world type. <laughs> it's, it's like one of those type things where like you have some sort of main plot that you're focused on and it's so well written that, you know, the parents get home or whatever. And yeah. then it's like, that little twist thing at the end where you're like, what? There's a party in the house. What's been going on? <laughs> yeah, like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, it was, it's everything, you know, like the, the speeders, people running to go inside, like, and it's, they've done such a, they've made such a point of like, her place is always empty. Yeah. Like, Sid so clearly is not making money off selling space alcohol. <laughs> like, it's so, it's so obvious that it's like some front place. Like, she doesn't even want anyone in there. You know, like she just basically tolerates, I think it's Bolo and uh, Catch, yeah. you know, the Weakway and Athorian guys who, who are just in there, you know. By the way, there's a good, really deep dive for everybody if you want to use those names <laughs> when you order coffee, you know, <laughs> like order for Bolo and Catch and like you have this, like the translator thing on, <laughs> look like braces. I love that. Um, but anyway, they go inside and of course it's chaos and there is Omega just mopping the floor with one person after the other. And she's playing a Pantoran into Jarek, pulls it off. And then Sid kicks everybody out. Hunter's not too happy about it. But uh, as Omega is starting to sort of express just you know, sort of little dejection from that, Sid drops the bombshell that he should be a little more thankful because Omega has just paid their debt. <laughs> so yeah. were you expecting that, by the way? No. I was not. As far as just like, done she just won the money it it was kind of amazing it's like wow how many games did she play how high were these stakes here i mean that's i i assume with all of the different costs that were enumerated in previous episodes that there was no way that you know she could have paid off the entire debt but somehow she did well and it was so cool too because the i thought there was a neat little uh, you know i don't know like this is clearly there. This wasn't just me coming up with it, but I think it's a really neat thing you could really pursue a lot as far as like learning people's skills, people's gifts. Sid sees that like right away. And and what's interesting is it's not in a good way. Like Sid sees it as an opportunity. Yeah. To know, benefit. Uh, which is again mutually advantageous. <laughs> You'd figure if it wasn't advantageous to her, she's not gonna go over and be like, I think you'd be really good at this. You know, but it's just funny because the guys didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And they're so fixated on trying to protect her. Understandably, yeah. you know, they're they're all like they're they're wanted. You know, it's it's a tough situation. But I just laughed because it's like she could have done that the first day they were exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah, that really. You know, she's the one who noticed who Sid was. Right. You know, figured that out the first day. So I, I think we have seen things like that about her. That again, she, like you said, she's a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, but man, she's a kid who's got some strategic acumen Mm -hmm. you know yeah i that really that that struck me too and i think that's almost like a theme of the episode in a way um sort of like underestimating people right um like underestimating omega and that we're talking about 
whether it was Clone Force 99 or whether it was Sid at the beginning, you know, underestimating her. Um, and also, you know, the, the, the squad also underestimating, right. Their, um, the people that they were working for essentially, uh, the droid, you know, we're working for a mm-hmm. droid. And then, um, <laughs> she ends up really helping him out, but then also, um, the Senator as well, kind of underestimating him and, and ultimately having to make that leap to trust to, you know, to, um, to find the common ground, uh, in the case of Omega to, you know, ultimately, um, to acknowledge her, her skills and what she brings to the family, you know, to the team. Um, so I also saw that as a theme of this episode. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I was just thinking, cause it's interesting. They say, I, th- uh, oftentimes that like Poland, world war two, they, they describe it as like the war they lost twice, mm. you know, cause they, they lose it at the beginning with the Nazis conquering them. And then, you know, when, the Soviets save them. It's not, it's not any better by any means, you know, and, um, and it's, it's interesting here that you've got so many conflicting emotions and experiences. I mean, the clones at the beginning, you know, it's like, well, we won, but what, what is going on? Like, this isn't something's wrong, you know? And then you've got, of course, the separatists who lose that war, which was just a sham war in the first place. And now they're, losing in the peace you know because now that's the the empire is is so much worse than than what the republic was and so um that's definitely factoring into like whatever sings you know uh, senator sings motivations were Mm -hmm. which and i don't remember do you remember i meant to ask this earlier was he at all like in clone wars i mean he might have been in the senate chamber but i don't know if he was like a previous character i forgot to look that up i looked him up in wikipedia in wikipedia and um our trusty source and it says that this was his first appearance which i found to be difficult to believe because i feel like i've seen a character like him before and maybe it was simply a character that looked like him um but yeah it was the first time Okay. So, well, maybe I'm, I feel like it might not be the last, I don't know, mm, but, uh, right. Yeah. We'll see. Cause I don't know. I'm just wondering like, what would his role be now? Like what, you know, like, does he join the rebel Alliance? Does he, yeah, that's interesting because since he was a separatist, right. I mean, initially, um, they didn't, you know, obviously they didn't want to join up with the Republic first for certain reasons. And so, you know, would they want to join up with a rebellion? Um, or would they try to, you know, muster something up themselves? But ultimately, the separatist, you know, droids are gone, right? Um, so they don't have their own fighting force, uh, military force. Um, so what are they going to do? Um, I think, you know, it is certainly possible that he will come back. And you may hear fireworks now <laughs> um, in the back. I don't yet, but possibly. <laughs> we are. We're recording this on the 4th of July, yeah, by the way, for everybody. Think so. of it as being hey. on brand with Star Wars um, explosions. Happy, happy 4th. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I wonder if he will come back um, in some way. But, you know, I think ultimately what I liked about him being in this episode and the way that they wrote this is that um, the clones are really starting to see the clone force 99 is starting to see what is, what has happened to people that they considered their enemies that ultimately they see that this guy is just trying to do what's right for the people on the planet, you know, and, and he ultimately, yes, he, he was, technically on the wrong side you know as far as in their minds um during the clone wars but now uh now they have a common enemy but also they see what his motivations are and so i think that was really you know important um overall in kind of the grand scheme of what this episode is trying to teach right well, and I th- yeah, and and well, let me just look, just to kind yeah. of wrap up the because I was we were pretty much there, and then I I was just thinking all about that. But um, we of course have the 
Hunter kind of coming around a little bit. Everybody goes off to do their own thing. I love Sid's just, you know, very, you know, like, Senator, glad you made it. Let's talk mm-hmm. payment. Like, just, you know, they're like, oh, ever the business lady. And then we have this wonderful, you know, heartwarming kind of moment with uh, Hunter and Omega at the end where he says, if she wants to be useful, if she wants to put her strategy skills to the test, let's play him in a game. Uh, and uh, just to see basically if she can win, then she doesn't sit out on any other missions. And, you know, we just have that fade at the end. So I think we all assume that either he lets her win or she just, <laughs> even if he is better than her, I think we all assume Omega wins yeah. that, uh, that match. But um, so that's, that's where I would just wanted to mention the, the kind of close out there to it, but then to ask, you know, a big theme. And you mentioned this earlier um, as far as conscience goes, any thoughts just in general on, on that or particular characters? We've mentioned, you know, again, some of the particular moments, but just wanted to see what you thought about the role of, of that, you know, theme throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. Well, um, gosh, it's, there's so much to, to discuss that you could discuss uh, when it comes to Star Wars and conscience. And I think they, um, the writers did well in kind of, um, putting it all into a little capsule in this episode. Um, but, you know, again, going back to what we were talking about at the very beginning, there are so many different things that form our conscience, right? And they could be flawed, right? Like they could flaw our vision and not that, that you know, you did anything wrong, you know, for that to happen. But sometimes it just happens, right? Like what we were talking about with Echo, that um, it's natural for him to to be defensive, to see someone as an enemy, as someone who's not trustworthy, right? Um, and to not want to do the mission, to not think it's the right thing to do. He has every reason to believe that uh, because of what's happened to him and just the way that he's been raised in in bread, you know. Um, but ultimately it is the right thing to do, right? I mean, I think it's pretty clear that the right thing to do is to get the senator away from the draconian, you know, what did he say? The draconian right. tactics of the empire and to allow him to do some good for the people of Raxus. And so, you know, we see that part, you know, that side of it. Um, and we see also just the, yeah, the, the fact that, you know, you always have a choice, right. Um, wonderfully summed up in that character of Senator Singh as well, that you always have a choice as to what you're going to do and, um, your choice will have consequences and those consequences will affect other people. Um, so, yeah, I think I'd love for you to jump in here because I know, you know, as a yeah. theology teacher, you've got a lot you're itching to yeah. say. Well, I think you I think you hit the nail on the head just because I mean, that's that's, you know, it's and it kind of gets back to what I was saying earlier, because right? I just really honed in on Senator Singh the way it's depicted. I'm not saying that there's different styles people, of course, have in their <laughs> in their prayer life and the processing. And this is, of course, a, you know, it's it's a TV show. So there's a certain, you know, you have to. Like you have to show, right? Like you don't just have him like having an introspective (laughs) 30 seconds staring off in the middle distance. You're like, no, this is wrong. (laughs) Now, quick, I'm sorry. Side note. I don't think that's what they should have done with Darth Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi. (laughs) However, that's a whole other episode in and of itself. But uh, to have him have that, that vocal kind of moment, I thought was just interesting Mm -hmm. because I think there's a, something to be said for us you know, we're, we're mysterious, you know, like we're, we're, we are one thing, but we're always becoming something a little bit different. I love the way, the way C.S. Lewis describes that, you know, just daily life that you're basically with each decision you make, and this isn't to freak anybody out. It's just the way it is. You know, it's real life that we are, um, you know, which ice cream flavor I choose may not really matter, but you know, I'm making moral decisions every single day. And every single one of them is making me more like a saint or more like, the alternative, mm-hmm. which is not really a healthy alternative, <laughs> to say the least. And so, you know, we're all complicated, of mm-hmm. course. But, you know, this idea that sometimes I think we complicate it. I feel like we can easily overcomplicate it because of our concupiscence, you know, our tendency towards sin, you know, because of the fall. And I just I really respect that idea. Like we said right at the beginning of just being like, sometimes you have to like 
deep within yourself tap your brakes right and and be like no no i you know this and and there's you know i mean embarrassment just on on the surface of it because you've been going down a path and now you're going down a different path and that demonstrates to everyone who's looking that you were wrong and that's embarrassing in this case this guy's going to be arrested killed god knows <laughs> so that's a much higher toll but that that i really respected that you know and it's not something you see a whole lot i do you see it at all in the star wars movies the originals i'm not making light of them i, I think they had a particular goal but you don't see i think there's cut scenes where there's the moff i forget his name now in return of the jedi who's like kind of not okay with the death star doing its thing or something the originals you know, but, yeah i would have to think back to really consider whether the original the original trilogy showed that i was thinking padme probably showed that in the um right the right. second trilogy the new the newer movies i think you had to, and you know Lucas had, you know, certain bullet points in his mind, but, you know, he also, you know, if you know anything about the original movie, which all of our listeners do, of course, but, you know, they didn't know, <laughs> they didn't know that they were going to get the one movie made, mm-hmm. you know, all the way up to right. the end. It was just on the hanging by a thread. And uh, so I don't think they were really dancing around with a lot of, well, what's, what's General Mahdi really thinking? That's no, it's Mahdi, bad guy, you know, Vader chokes and move on. Like you really just needed to have a very clear fight between good and evil. And I think it then over the years, of course, we've seen the ability to kind of explore it more, you know, and, and not to water it down, of course, you know, not to, because I don't think it does that at all, you know, or to claim that there's not really good and evil, but I think it, I think the, the lore has gotten really good at exploring those questions all the while being like, no, there's, there's good and evil. Mm-hmm. Like there's, <laughs> it's like, I, I really respect star Wars for that. And in, cause a lot of, I think, you know, stories and, and mythologies these days aren't necessarily doing that. It's like everything's up for grabs. And I think Star Wars has stayed the course, mm-hmm. though, with just that, like, no, these guys are bad guys and they're tyrannizing my planet and I'm not going to let them do mm-hmm. that, you know. So, um, yeah, I liked his character. I thought they, he was a strong character to just drop in, you know, with like, like you, like I asked you, like, yeah, no, no background. So that, that confirmed that mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> I wasn't missing something with him, but well, let me just, Angela, any, you know, last minute stuff or just other themes, stuff you wanted to talk about? Um, well, you know, I guess, um, again, just to sort of, um, sum up that whole concept of how this applies to us today, you know, besides obviously the conscience piece, um, we're, we are recording this on, on us independence day. And so I couldn't help but think about the experiment that was our country at at a certain time, Um, you know, that there were so many different kinds of people from different backgrounds, from different religious beliefs, from, you know, just different cultures that came together to establish a new, you know, idea of what a country should be. And um, so it was necessary for them to find common ground. And, you know, I really, I really felt like this episode reminded me of the importance of doing that, you know, with other people that are, you know, coming from a very different place um, than I may be, but to try to be more intentional about finding common ground with those people, um, because that ultimately is what's going to help us to move forward, right. To, to, um, make a difference, to, to make an impact, to, um, to ultimately as to establish what is for the common good. So, um, yeah, common ground. I, I really appreciate that. The other thing that I wanted to talk about or just kind of acknowledge was the, um, the voice actor, uh, actress, uh, behind Captain Bragg, um, who was Shelby Young, and she played Leia in Forces of Destiny. She also has oh, uh, voices okay. that she does in Galaxy's Edge as well as The Mandalorian. So I thought that was kind of neat to, Very cool. yeah, to tie all those things together as well. I don't know how I missed her. Yeah, no, that's awesome. <laughs> it is funny how yeah we we get Star Wars becomes a 
a family thing or a repeat affair. You get different opportunities, and it's it's uh, it's it's very yeah. cool. That's why I'm really crossing my fingers for Lars Mikkelsen to bring his thrawn to life. But we'll we'll see. Whoever they pick will be perfect. I'm yes. sure. So, um, well, I guess if if uh, did you, was there anything else you wanted to share? Is that pretty much good yeah i i don't have anything to add (laughs) and so that's basically it from us for tonight listeners what did you think of this episode of the bad batch uh please let us know we'd love to hear your take on it as always so be sure to email us uh or comment on our facebook or twitter uh, page or both all three (laughs) uh let us know what you think you can email us any feedback at star wars at sqpn.com again just star wars at sqpn.com and find starquest on facebook at facebook.com slash starquest media and on twitter at sqpn we'd also like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create secrets of star wars including kevin t donald w emmanuel m greg g and paul c their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to con- uh, to continue the secrets of star wars and all the shows at StarQuest. you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give also be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Star Wars, please visit sqpn.com slash Star Wars. Next week we'll be back uh, taking a deeper look at episode 11 of The Bad Batch, which, I don't know if you heard this, they've released the title apparently is Devil's Deal. Mm. So... I don't know. That scares me a little bit. We'll see. I don't know what the devil is in this, but we'll we'll find out. So, Devil's Deal, episode eleven. Uh, so, until next time, Angela Cielana, thank you so much for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. It's been a pleasure. And once again, I'm Mike Creevy, filling in for Father Fett, who I believe will be back next time. So, thank you for listening to the secrets of Star Wars on Star Quest. <laughs>